0: between what it means to be good when you're trying to be epic no you don't gotta believe in me nothing can stop me i already said it i'm taking
1: everything they stole from us yeah. you got your problems i'm a whole nother i'm giving people something to believe in i am a to show them freedom like a bone we're gonna fight back
0: yeah we breaking chains over here yeah you can stay over there stay. welcome back everyone to its last call last call with the alcohol only on the blue wire hustle Network and- Joining me here on uh, on the line, well, we are looking forward to this weekend's fight. It's going to be Bellator 263, and this may be in action as he looks to start a new winning streak and well make some noise in the heavyweight division. I give you one of Bellator's newest heavyweight signings. I give you it's Said Sawa. I uh, break it down for us here. Uh, it's your second fight out. It's now going to be a little more easier for you in, in theory. Uh, how Excited are you to get back into not just the Bellator cage but actually get into a fight where there will actually be fans? Like, if there's going to be you know, atmosphere, people will be there. How nice is that going to be getting back to normalcy? Um, it's it's pretty nice getting back to normal. Uh, I, I prefer honestly, actually,
1: I don't I don't I didn't see a difference if there was fans there or not. Um, uh, for me, I'm really focused on the fight while I'm in the cage. Uh, It is nice that people get to watch it live, and I'm pretty happy that, um, you know, people get to enjoy them. But while I'm in the cage, it's, it's really just I'm focused on my opponent and my fight at the time.
0: Ronnie Marks, he's a guy who, a little bit like yourself in terms of size, he's a smaller heavyweight. He's a guy who, you know, uses a lot of speed, has to use some, you know, his wrestling, his submissions. What is that like taking on a guy who's not this big, heavy monster, who's more of a guy that you naturally might be bigger than? I think that those guys are actually the harder ones to deal with. Uh, I fought tall guys
1: and, and guys my height even a little shorter. And, and then the, the shorter ones are always just more trouble, harder to hold on to, but um, harder to, like, submit or anything, really, tall guys – uh, they have the reach advantage, but at least I get the speed advantage then, you know, and I, I prefer the speed advantage.
0: How much does it help you that you've done the grappling competitions? You've done or but you've you know you yourself have some wrestling ability so that you can take on a guy who let's face it, he knows how he wants to take you down. His feeling is I'm gonna take you down, I'm gonna use my submissions. How much do you feel it helps that you have some wrestling background? And um man, <laughs> It's actually a
1: big relief. One of our our, our coaches is Steve Mako, and I wrestle him a lot. And there's no one like Steve Mako. you know. There's there there's there's no second Steve out there. So wrestling with him for the past I think eight or nine years, I, I feel really confident in my, my uh, takedown defense. And then recently, Bucicic has come in, uh, Marcus Bucicic, and um and like I two face there too, uh, Antonio Carlos Jr. Great Jiu-Jitsu guys, you know, legends in the jiu-jitsu world. So I, I've been training with him for years. I I'm very confident in, in my ability to defend his takedowns and 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 his jiu-jitsu.
0: What was that like in the beginning, you know, learning to do that? Because it's it's tough, you know, doing jiu-jitsu itself because it's not, you know, normal compared to what we do in America where American, you know, most American, they grew up in wrestling or grew up in boxing. Jiu jitsu is pretty foreign. So, for you, how tough was that having to learn all this on the fly and learn how to not just do, you know, jiu jitsu, but MMA jiu jitsu? Because, oh, yeah, by the way, they can punch you and kick you and do other stuff in the cage while you're trying to do, do a jiu jitsu move. Uh, it wasn't that bad, to be honest.
1: I started with kickboxing, and I'm from Suriname, country in South America. So, when I came here, it, was not, it wasn't like I grew up with wrestling only, or I, I didn't have any wrestling. Uh, when I moved to America, I, I, after a year of living here, I, I found American Top Team. And I, I went straight down to uh, learning MMA, you know? So I had a kickboxing background and then started learning MMA, uh, Jiu-Jitsu, MMA, uh, wrestling, not never specifically just wrestling or just Jiu-Jitsu. So it, it was a, wasn't a big um, surprise to me, I guess you
0: could say. You've been doing now. You were, have been fighting since 15. You did, you know, the backyard brawls and you went to America. You trained in MA. Uh, what is it about fighting that you love so much? I mean, it's a brutal sport. People do die in this. This isn't like, you know, basketball or baseball or hockey where you play it. <laughs> what, what is it about fighting for you that you just love it so much? I, I love martial arts. I like the techniques. I
1: like uh, when you see someone slip like a cool punch and then pull off a, a beautiful counter that lands exactly where it needs to, like it was planned. Or uh, when someone hits, it, goes in the matrix, like um, how uh, Anderson Silva would, t- would you know, like you would slip everything you throw at them. Um, and even in jujitsu, if, if you hit like one of the coolest submissions ever, I like that. That's what That's what makes it like, like cool to me. And then I, I love I love martial arts. And then um to live this lifestyle, I gotta fight. So I can keep training, get better. And it's just it's just it's just awesome to see. You know, I, I like fighting.
0: You mentioned before you moved from Serena to the United States when you were 18 years old. So you were younger or sorry, older than most you know guys I know who have you know who moved who are in the MA in terms of being Americans. How tough was that for you, you know, not just moving from a whole different country, but learning, you know, a different atmosphere, different language, different culture, because you you gave up a lot. I mean, everybody, you left your creature comforts, you moved to here. How tough was that for you having to, you know, acclimate to everything? Not just, you know, learning the English language, but learning, you know, slang, learning idioms, learning, you know, everything and having to literally do it quickly because, you know, you're 18 years old. It's not like you're a five-year-old or a six-year-old. You're an adult now. People think, oh yeah, you can just do this. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, it wasn't that bad,
1: man. I already spoke English. I already read English, Um, so it's just I I came to go to college, so I was in a college setting, and then I was a swimmer in college, so I I was making friends easy. It wasn't. It wasn't. um, The biggest issue was the slang, I'd say. And then from where I'm from, if you translate uh, certain words. From Dutch to English, or, or the way we speak, we can be more open. Uh, you're a lo- you have to be a little more sensitive in America, is what I, is was one of the things I had to find out too. You know, so certain things you can say, or certain things sound funny or weird if you say it um, in certain ways. So th- it was more the slang than anything. But the the friends, the uh, the, the culture, I'm uh, pretty adaptable. Learned it uh, pretty quickly and, and and enjoyed my friends. You know, and then we had a lot of other foreigners on the team and they we, we brought all the cultures together so it wasn't just like straight only American culture right from the from the get-go it was, it was very mixed first and then later on got more but then with fighters there's a lot of Brazilians and foreigners there in the gyms too you know so it was I feel like I haven't had never had just the straight American culture just by itself since I've been here
0: if you're just tuning in, ladies and gentlemen, once again, we got it is none other than Said Salma show. We're here. We're talking all things, of course, uh, getting into the United States. We're talking his uh, Bellator upcoming fight against Ronnie Marks. this was Friday night. We're talking uh, MMA in general. Take me back to your last fight. It was you versus Tyrell Fortune. It was your debut. You're mm-hmm. right into the deep pool here. And yet, looking back at that fight, how much do you look at that fight It's sort of like, man, I should have had that fight. I should have won, you know, because it was very competitive. A lot of people thought you did win that fight. How much do you look back at that fight and go, damn, I wish I did this different or this different or that different? Oh, man, I
1: I was pretty stressed out after
0: the fight about it, yeah.
1: Um, It did get to me. It was just he didn't win because he did better. It's just he won because I didn't do what I was supposed to at the end, especially I had a slow start you know trying to feel him out i heard big things about him that his striking's good that he's you yeah. know great this great that and i was feeling him out took a little too long and um at the end to be yeah. honest i i started goofing around when i i should have kept striking you know i just i made a couple mistakes uh tried to wrestle a wrestler and it was a good lesson i guess but um not really happy like I could have had that, basically. It, that that was all me, and uh, I learned a big lesson from it, you know? Don't just play around anymore. It's, it's a little more serious now. Um, and that's
0: basically it. How much do you take pride in the fact that he wasn't able to ragdoll you? Because that's the worry with every heavyweight. when you take on guys like that who have that Olympic wrestling background or that NCAA background, but it's going to be a wrestling match. I'm going to get taken down, and I can't get up because these guys are pretty goddamn heavy. How much you were you impressed the fact that hey, it took him a third round to finally get a takedown, and he really wasn't able to just ground and pound you to off way to Kingdom Come, but you actually showed pretty good wrestling takedown defense.
1: Well, uh, like I said, I I'm not um, I'm not I'm not intimidated by any wrestler because there's nobody like Steve Mako, and and I I really take pride in uh in my my defense from from all the training I did with him. Like it's, it's an honor to train with him, you know? So it's, I, I'm really not intimidated. I was not in, I was, I was, if I guess not, what's the opposite of impressed? Sorry. I'm losing uh, the word. What's the opposite of impressed? You were, you
0: were, I guess you were unimpressed by him so far. Oh,
1: unimpressed. That's the word. Sorry. Yeah. I was, I was very unimpressed with his wrestling. And um, at the end, I don't think he got the takedown. I, I'm pretty sure I, I tried to do a Grammy role on him. Uh, he had my back because uh, I shot a double and then um, he tried to spin around and then as I got up he got my back and then I grabbed your roll instead of just staying up and bite his hands and that's the that's the way he got me down is me doing me jumping to the ground so I wasn't I was not impressed with his uh with his wrestling at all.
0: So this fight I know that you know every fight you know besides winning of course you also want to improve, and your team wants to see you improve. So for you, what do they want to see improvement of getting this second Bellator fight? Now that there's no more nerves, now that you've been in full camp, now that everything's getting back to normal, for you, what is uh, your, what do your coaches want to see you improve on going forward on this fight on Friday night? I, I need to be more aggressive, man. I'm very, I'm very passive, naturally,
1: and I, I avoid uh, hurting people, and I, I got to get over that only bad news is I actually, I actually know Ronnie Marks and I've trained with him, him for a couple of years now, you know, so it's um, it was a little tough deciding to take the fight for me, but it just I got to be aggressive against a friend now. That's an even tougher challenge, I guess.
0: What's more tougher, the fact that he's a friend or the fact that, as you said, you guys know each other, so you know what he's going to do. He knows what you want to do. And it's almost like a chess match where like, okay. How am I going to throw him off so I can do this? And how many, what is he going to try to do so he's going to, he can do this? I mean, how much of this is for you more mental? I'm not sure, man.
1: That's a, I, I know he wants to wrestle. I, I know there's, he's not going to go away from his wrestling and jujitsu. And then he knows I, uh, he knows I'm pretty well off everywhere. But um, it's not going to be really a surprise. You know, he's going to try to wrestle. I'm going to try to strike. That's the, uh, that's, that's. The game plan for everyone—it's kind of known, you know. It's not like he's gonna stay in strike with me. It—it's it, a little. I'm the better striker. He's the better grappler.
0: As you said, it all comes down to this Friday night. It's the heavyweight division is wide is wide open. But you have the interim champion is Valentin moldowski You Richard. have, of course, the champion Ryan Bader. And then there's a lot of guys who are sort of jumbled in the middle here for you. How big is it to start not just winning, but winning impressively so that you can bang the wardrooms for maybe a top 10 fight, a top 12 fight, maybe a Jake Hager fight. You know, how big is it to start letting Bell to know, Hey, this guy is somebody you want to invest in. This kid is somebody that you want to start pushing for bigger fights going forward.
1: Yeah. I definitely want to get up there. You know, it's, um, it's like I said, I'm a martial artist and you want to prove that your martial arts works and and, and you can beat everybody and the best. I, I want to climb the ladder. I want to do it the right way. I don't want to just jump to the end or jump to the first spot but I definitely have my eyes set on those the top 10 after this fight. I got to show off all my skill. Uh, of course, try to do it impressively um, but yeah, that's that is the goal, top 10 to begin with. And
0: then we'll go from there. Very heavily, gentlemen. Once again, I give you, it is a uh, rising young heavyweight prospect belt, or I give you, it is Saeed Salma. Said, before I let you go, where can fans check you out at? Where is the Twitter page, Instagram, the website? And more importantly, who are the sponsors going to be for this fight coming up? Um, no sponsors for this
1: fight. Uh, it's just
0: uh, me on my own.
1: And uh, check my Instagram if you want to give a follow. See what I'm up to. See where I'm, what I'm doing. You know, uh, it's my, my Instagram is uh, Said Salma. Uh, I don't really have a Twitter, so Instagram is probably your best bet.
0: Hey, as long as there's some way that you can, we can contact you. It's all that matters to the fans. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, I give you with Said Salma. He'll be fighting once again, Bellator 262. It's going to be this Friday only on showtime check your local listeners details we come back we got a lot more going on here only on last call last call with the alcohol only on the blue wire hustle network <laughs> Once again, ladies and gentlemen, only on Last Call. Last Call with the alcohol, only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. And, well, earlier we heard from Saeed Salma. He'll be fighting this Friday only on, it is, Bellator 262. We're looking forward to that card. But now joining me here on the line, this man will be in action. It's Slammiversary. He'll be on Ultimate X. There will be fans. So, well, it's been for him a wild year where he has become – one of the big players over at Impact Wrestling, we're proud to have once again on the show. I'll give you it's Rohit Raju. Uh, Rohit, a hey, year ago... Up? This is, I'm impressed because a year ago you were not on the card, there were no fans. Now they've put you in the big fight, which I call, you know, it's like the Ultimate X. You know, all the best wrestlers are on in this match. What does that mean for you, knowing that you've worked your ass off to get there? You've, you know, this is all the years of just blood, sweat, and sacrifice to get to this point.
2: It's huge for me because I've always wanted to be on one of the pay-per-views, but I've also wanted to be on one of the key matches, and Ultimate X is the key match as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it's honestly, it's a huge opportunity opportunity for me, but it's a huge privilege as well just to be in this matchup with the, uh, I mean, look at the the talent, that's the caliber of talent that's in this match. So it's it's huge for me. I honestly appreciate it.
0: How tough is this match for, you know, for, for you, because, or any of these guys, any of you guys, because it's not a traditional wrestling match where it's okay. We're on the ground. We're fine. You're now climbing up. You're now having to, you know, shuffle, you know, basically do like an obstacle course where you're on this wire. You're trying to get to the middle, grab the briefcase or title of this case. And let's face it. You know, as everybody says, Oh yeah. Wrestling rehearses, choreograph, blah, blah, blah. It still hurts when you fall. I'm guessing when you fall from those ropes and land on the canvas, it's not fun. So how tough is this match, you know, just to make sure that you come out and go, okay, nothing's broken. I'm fine. And I have to actually, you know, remember what the hell just happened to that match.
2: I can guarantee you that none of us are looking forward to falling off those ropes right now. I can guarantee like we're all looking forward to this match, but we're not looking forward to the punishment our bodies are about to take. I am not all about this climbing, scaling Monkey barn across the ring, so you know me, I'm gonna have a plan. Uh, so I, I'm gonna have a few tricks up my sleeve, so to speak. So yeah, I, all this, all this stuff dangling from the wires, and uh, I'm fine. We'll let somebody else do that. I am going to try to make this as simple as possible for myself, and try to get that exhibition title. Yeah, I, I'm. I'll let these guys do all the highlight reel stuff. I just want to win. So, yeah, and I can guarantee you no one is looking forward to falling off that from that high up. And we're, we're looking forward to being in the match, but not the, the sacrifice it's gonna, our bodies are going to be taking in this.
0: As you said, a year before, you weren't in the plans. It was like, okay, yeah, we're here. You're, you're part of a tag team. It's a little bit of a comedy. This year, you've broken out. And we talked about – I've been, you know, blessed to have you on the show when you, you've gone to work with Willie Mack, Chris Bay, you become more of a sneaky villain, you know. You got to work with Jake something in a in a, in a table match. What does that mean, you know, for you personally? When they are going, okay, we're to, we're we're going to take you seriously now. We're no more, you know, India, you know, sort of comedy group. It's now we're making you a serious villain. We're making you a bit of a, you know, a weasel little character. We're making you, you know, a important part of the division.
2: Well, I think I blew away their expectations. I don't think they expected me to go as far as I did. And you can tell there's some people out there that hate when you, and I'm not like saying like people in management or nothing or anything like that, but mostly like fans, they hate when you become more than what they want you to be, or they hate more than what they expect you to be. I was always expect to be, expected to be bottom of the card player, low end guy, job guy, but I know my worth, and I also know my talent, and I know what I'm capable of. So as soon as they put the ball in my court, that was over. I was going to take advantage of it, and I was going to do exactly what I had to do to show people that I can sit. at. I always say to sit at the main table and stay at the main table. And one thing about the X Division is that people, they want to see, well, I want to see the X Division. I want to see, you know, all the flashy stuff, yada, yada, yada. Cool. Let everyone else do all the flashy stuff. I'm going to be that sneaky, no good piece of trash that people don't like. And I'm going to do it better than anybody else. And I think I've done that. So from finally getting the chance to break off and be my own individual and not only be my own individual, but stay my own individual and become a mainstay, become a, a household name for impact, at least way more than I was before is huge for me. And, but the work doesn't stop. Now I want to become even better. I want to become a uh, household name that's just constant with impact. And in the world of professional wrestling, I want everyone to know who I am. And I want everyone to know that, yes, this this guy is a throwback. He is a sneaky POS um, heel. And and that's what he is. And that's what I want to be. I don't want to be like everybody else nowadays. Everybody else wants to do all the cool stuff. I don't. I want to do the exact opposite.
0: Is it tough though? Because you can do the cool stuff. I mean, as I said, and I and I will tell people to this to the day, you watch you know, the match between you and Laredo and basically Laredo Kid. You're doing all the cool stuff with a broken turnbuckle with a guy who doesn't speak English, and you're trying to coordinate this and go, okay, yeah, we can't land on the bottom turnbuckle off. What is gonna break our neck? I mean, is there part of you that goes, Yeah, I love doing the cool stuff because I can actually do it. It's not like you can't. It's just as you said. You enjoy this character, Vet. You go, okay. Well, I'm gonna make it work, and I enjoy making it work.
2: I love so many aspects of professional wrestling. Myself and Trey Miguel had a match recently that was touted as like it was it was great. It was like match of the night, and uh, it, it was back and forth, catch a sketch can, and, and us doing like high spots, stuff like that. I can show that I can go with anybody, and that's something that I pride myself on as being a complete package being a complete worker you can put me out there i can do comedy stuff you can put me in there with jake something i'm gonna wrestle a big man little man style you can put me in there with trey miguel and i can go back and forth with them and we can do all the flashy stuff and then you can put me in there against in a group of people and i can distance myself away from them and be this sneaky um old school heel my favorite guys are the guys that We're talking on the mic, the guys that were the personalities, the Macho Mans, the Rocks, the Steve Austins, guys like that, guys that didn't have to go in the ring and kill themselves by doing a whole bunch of things. They've already established who they were and what they're about by just creating moments. And that's what I want to do. I feel like you make the most money that way and you become memorable. Everyone's doing Canadian Destroyers nowadays. Everyone's doing... Um, uh, variations of it everyone's doing variations of DDT or this that and the other that's awesome that's cool and there's a lot of great people that do it and they're exciting to watch but what sets them apart from everybody else do they have the charisma do they have the walk do they have the talk I want to be able to have all of that and then some that's what excites me about professional wrestling and it doesn't it's not over with everybody it's it's like i am i'm over with like a very niche crowd if you ever look at it i my fan base is growing but i don't have ten thousand followers or anything like that most people don't like my cup of tea which is fine by me but i'm not going to change it because it's what i enjoy and i want to be like i said i want to be different from everybody else and i feel like it is but like you said i can go out there and do all the other stuff i just I don't want to, when other people are doing it, trying to do that nonstop. I enjoy doing it. I recently wrestled uh, Myron Reed uh, last Friday at AEW, and we tore it up. You know what I mean? We were back and forth with that style of wrestling. And I thought we also told a great story. But when it comes down to it, I like to mix the two of being that very sneaky heel that can wrestle and get his hands dirty if he needs to, but he doesn't want to. He wants to get out of that match with his hands clean and, and doing less as possible.
0: I give you MJF and the Miz, who I think are three of the best villains in pro wrestling, a lot of credit because it's tougher now than I think back in the day to be a villain. I mean, my, one of my favorite promos was with Dudley's going off in a crowd tank yeah. source nine, di- nine Inches of black you can't do that now you do no. that the networks will literally go and crucify you you will be canceled how tough is it right now being Rohit Raju the villain when you know well I, I can't say this I can't say this I can't can curse I can't slap a lady I get to be sort of a, a watered down version of what you know evil is and yet you guys still want me to be a, a heel like how tough is that you know following you know within the colored lines?
2: I don't think it's tough at all because I think it's easier to cuss at someone or insult them in a way you can call anybody fat. You can call anybody stupid. You can call anybody ugly. But if you, if you say it in a creative way that digs at them without really crossing that line, then you got them. And to me, it's, 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 it's fun to do that. And wrestling fans, I'm not going to lie. About 85% of them honestly get on my nerves. They all think they know, More than the guys and girls in the ring, they always have an opinion, they're never satisfied, they're never happy, they complain about half the stuff they always see, Uh, guys that are great workers, they still try to crap all over them, this guy's lame, yada, 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 so I take pleasure in giving it back to them, because I feel like a lot of these people, they have no clue about the business, they have no clue how good some people are. And I really enjoy sticking it to them. But I also enjoy sticking it to them, like I said, because it's easy to say, well, you're fat, you're dumb, you're stupid, you're ugly. And I'm going to cuss here and cuss there. And it's just going to get a cheap pop. I think it's more creative when you have to figure out a way not to do that. And uh, it's fun for me. So I, I I actually enjoy doing it.
0: Do you get envious, Phil? And I, I, I say this to people the worst thing that happened to pro wrestling was MMA because you have a Conor McGregor's, Van Diaz's, Colby Covington's. Uh, Kamar Uzman to an extent, he's a little more highbrow, shale sun ends in They'll get nasty, they'll get creative, and, and fans love it up. And then you go to a say, like, oh, why are you doing this? Why can't you be carried? It's like, no, no, no. They can get away with it because it's live. You can't, just, you know, punish them. We do it. We're gonna, you know, but there's gonna be network executives going, yeah. Um, we have a talk. Don't call us, don't call you. But promoters go, yeah, we gotta fire you because you you know, we're paying fifty thousand dollar fines. Do you ever look at, you know, the way UFC belt when all these guys go, you know, and curse and do all that and you get straight and go, man, I wish I could do a little bit of that. I wish I had the freedom of at least being able to do that, not worrying about getting fined, suspended, or just having the pros go, yeah, we can put you on ice because uh, cancer culture's arrived.
2: Uh, sometimes, you know, maybe a little bit. I think a lot of times MMA does pro wrestling better than pro wrestling is at least as far as a lot of the mainstream stuff you see because uh, you know they bring the fight but they also bring the show and sometimes I think I have said it before probably on your podcast or on you know on this this uh session here that I I feel like the art of the promo is dead I feel like there's only a few guys that can actually talk and are, are actually saying something and that are then they come across credible as promo guys there's a lot of guys out there talking that to me bore me to death and but the fans like wow this guy's the greatest thing of all time it's like no they're not they're, they're not saying anything they're saying a lot but they're not saying nothing and they're not very creative about how they say it so I, I honestly feel like uh the art of the promo is, is dead or dying but there are a few guys including myself that can get away with it I'm more jealous and uh, annoyed that I know how good my my mic work is and can't get the credit of you just put me in the category of a Miz or MJF and I can't get that credit whatsoever. I do feel like I could go toe to toe with anybody on the microphone, but uh, most people either A, they just don't care and they don't want to acknowledge it or B, there's just not enough eyes on me or people that want to see it and, and they acknowledge it or even C, the bandwagon is not large enough for everybody else to jump on it. A lot of times it's like you get a large enough crowd. They'll say, "Oh, well, this is cool. You need to like it. And then everybody's like, yeah, that is cool. I think that is cool. I do need to like it, even though they, you know, probably have no idea what the
0: hell's going on.
2: That's what I get more annoyed with than anything.
0: If you're just tuning in once again, we've got Rohit Raju here on the show where you get ready for Slammiversary, which once again is going to be this Saturday fans in there only on uh pay-per-view it's i mean i remember watching because i try to you with know, what, what a lot of podcasts do we saw steve austin with uh now john moxley and he said oh you should do this 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 this." and moxley I remember saying i don't have the creative freedom anymore it's a different ball game how much does impact give you in terms of freedom because you mentioned the promos i know with wwe and even to other organizations it's heavily scripted you have to we we'll go line for line for line. If there is no more like freestyling, what does Impact do with you? And how much does it help having, you know, f- pro wrestlers in there going, okay, we understand what's going on. We know where you're coming from. Like uh, Scott, the Gail Kim, does that help you with your promos? So that they can go, all right, we know what you want to do. We're going to give you some freedom. We can maybe ad lib a bit.
2: Boy, I freestyle all day long. That's one thing I love about being there. They let me go. When I first started talking, they were, they kind of give me something, what they wanted me to say. And then they heard me talk and they're like, you're fine. Just get these bullet points. And they just let me say whatever, because they trust me. I'm not going to go out and say anything stupid. And, uh, you know, they they trust me to say what I have to say and they know I'm going to deliver. And that feels great because I'm comfortable and it makes me want to be creative. But then you get the input from like Scott or you get the input from like Gail, D'Lo, people like that. And, and it's great because there's a second pair of eyes that are seeing what you're trying to say, but you know what, maybe the verbiage they have is a little bit better. And I love that. I absolutely love it. Um, it. It makes me feel so comfortable being able to cut promos, not have to memorize this, that, or the other. Uh, it, it's, it's so, it's so much fun, the freedom that they give me. And it's something that I love. It lets me be me. And as a wrestler, especially a creative wrestler, that's all you want. You just want the opportunity to be you, and be the best you that you can be. And uh, they let me do that there now. At first, it wasn't like that. And now it is. And I'm, I'm having so much fun with it.
0: Two matches which I thought polar opposites. You know, one was great, one was not. Uh, your match with, of course, Mahab- uh, Mahab- 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 Mahabali Shera. The other the one with Jake something. How tough is it wrestling guys like that who are just so damn big? I mean, Sheryl looks like he can basically flip my car over. Jake something, same thing. You know, they're both over 6'2", 260. You're 5'10", maybe 109. How tough is it wrestling guys like that who you're looking going, yeah, I can't do a suplex because it's going to be too much of a bitch. Uh, body the um. yeah, it's going to be even tough because, you know, we're trying to protect the image. I mean, how tough is it when... You're wrestling people who you can't do a lot of moves because it's just either they're too damn big or you're trying to protect the image, and you're going, Yeah, we don't want a little five foot ten guy throwing this guy around. It
2: is kind of complicated at first, and for the record, both guys could flip your car, car over. They're two of the strongest guys I know. Wrestling, Jig, though, is like a night off. Uh, we've known each other for years, so being able to, we know each other before professional wrestling. So being able to do that program with him was something special for both of us. Then getting the vignette the package that we got where it was pretty much talking about our history and we had our old pictures. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And it raised it, that match, and it made it feel like it really – it gave that match a big feel. So that was fantastic for me, and I know it was fantastic for him. And that was something we wanted. We wanted to do that feud on a big stage. And it was great. I mean, I think I came out looking fine, and it, it helped him out finally because he dude's money. He's a walking bag of money. So he's a star, and he should be treated as such. And and I was glad I could help out with that. Shira, you know, Shira's had a lot of ups and downs, but Shira's he's improved so much, and he's still improving. He's in OVW every single week. He's getting in the ring. A lot of people try to give Shira a hard time, but he's been doing such a great job. He's he's improved so much, and people need to honestly recognize that. And the funniest thing is that these fans try to talk about him, but they don't realize that he, he could rip their arms off if he wanted to because that guy's so big. But he's such a nice, gentle dude, and he, he's such a, a good human being. But, man, when he's mad, he's mad. I wouldn't mess with him. So some of these fans have no idea. So it is, it is, you know, it is uh, it is kind of hard. But once you get the creative juices flowing, it's you're pretty good. Um, and I like that challenge. I like that challenge of trying to figure out, well, okay, okay, I can do this here, I can do that there. But, no, you have to honestly sit back and look at the puzzle and see where the pieces are going to fit. And when the pieces start to fit, it comes together. Then it started to make sense, and then you start to get stuff that works. And I thought the tables match with Jake and I was really, really good. And not only that, we had to follow the Iron Man match, which was one of the best matches I've ever seen uh, with TJ and Josh. Uh, but I thought Jake and I held our own, and we told our story, and we kept it
0: off real well. I'm trying to put. I'm trying to explain this so that I don't screw it up because I do do this. So you give me rope. You hear this all the time. Oh, wrestling's fake it's fake, it's choreographed, blah, blah, blah. You are in there, so you know what's like, because I'm guessing that table match, it must have hurt when tables sometimes won't give. It's not like a person goes, okay, I'm going to slam you, make sure you're safe. No, no, you go to that table, it might break, it might not, and your back's up, so i going, yeah, that was a bad move. How do you not get pissed and just go off on people when you hear them say, oh, I could do this, uh, that, you are know, like, you try it then, walking up a flight of stairs afterwards, because in needing like your girlfriend or your parents to help because your back's in traction or you go in there the next day and run ropes where it looks like somebody just whipped you with a cable. I mean, do you ever, how tough is it not to get just livid when people, when, as you said, they talk about what goes on and yet they don't know that it's still dangerous in that ring. As we've seen, you know, you miss a move, you miss you know, timing and you can get concussed or have your nose broken or, tear your ACL or something like that. I mean, how do you not just go livid with fans? I
2: used to when I first got into it. I don't anymore because people are just ignorant and they don't, they're not educated. They don't get it. I always like to tell people like, okay, if you think you can do this, get in the ring and run these ropes and get in the ring and take this body slam, this body slam. It's funny when I train people and they do these things and you can see the struggle. I remember we were training, I was doing Angelo Williams. He was running ropes. And uh, it hurt so bad. <laughs> he was in so much pain from hitting the ropes. I'm like, this is a professional athlete. There's no way I can put the pads on and do what he does. But he's complaining about how tired and beat, he, beat up he is from taking bumps and doing ropes. So I know our world is legit when it comes to that. I mean, you ever think you're the lead actor and stuntman all at the same time. People don't understand that. They don't understand how rough and tough it is. I used to do MMA back in the day and yeah, getting hit, getting kicked, getting punched in the face, getting your arm almost ripped off. That stuff does hurt, but guess what? I've been concussed. I've had my nose broken, my bell rung so many times in a professional wrestling match and my body, my knees from just the wear and tear of lifting weights and all the stuff I've done. And now doing this, people don't understand how hard it is, but to be honest, I don't really care to explain it anymore if you if you think it's fake if you think it's a day off if you think it's just a fun time cool but I, I advise you to actually get in the ring go train and go try it and then tell me how easy it is uh going through a table it's that's hit or miss sometimes you hit that table and it's like oh that wasn't that bad sometimes you hit that table and you're like oh dear god i'm so glad this match is done uh it, it's like that was some bumps sometimes you take a power bomb. sometimes it's like oh that wasn't as bad as i thought and then sometimes you take it and you're like, oh, man, like my, my back, there's been plenty of matches where my back will just cramp up from knots being, you know, knotted up so bad. Uh, and then next thing you know, I can't, I, I'm, I'm super winded because my back is tight and it's affecting my lungs. It's just wear and tear over the years. You just honestly have to wrestle for longevity and take care of yourself. People don't understand and sometimes I just don't think people want to understand. They just want to be like, they want something to downplay and downgrade. And, and I uh, guess what, that's what they're going to do with professional wrestling, because it's the easiest thing to insult. You know what I mean? It's like impact wrestling. When you have these fans from WWE or AEW, a lot of them try to downgrade us at impact our, I'll, I'll put our roster against anybody. Our roster is tremendous. And I'll put our product against anybody. Um, but it's the easiest thing to do because everybody wants to pick on impact wrestling because of our past, you know, past management and past flubs. They don't give any of our recent stuff credit and they don't even try. They just, they like to insult it because it's the cool thing to do. And that's the same thing. That's what I feel about fans or people when it comes to professional wrestling. They like to insult it because it's the cool thing to do.
0: Slammiversary, once again, ultimate X match, and as we said, it's it's five guys. You have I call them the pops: Ace Austin, and Bay, Trey Miguel. They're very young kids who it's for them. They were they were doing this when they were teenagers. They're still you know under the age of twenty five. Uh, they've been pushed to the heavens. You've got Josh Alexander, who you know a little bit more older, but still a guy who's been pushed heavily since Impact Wrestling. You've got Petey Williams basically you know Lazarus he came back from near death with cancer he's there you're the outlier here you're the guy who is, is people you know has pointed out you've had to earn it the old-fashioned way you know 10 years in the indie system you know working for in Canada working for this when do you expect to have that moment where when before the match happens before that there's just that moment where you took place and go this is what it was all about you know you know, the car rides, you know, maybe making fifty bucks a match, you know, missing out on, you know, birthday parties, you know, hanging out on the weekends, missing out on, you know, family time, all that stuff. When do you expect to have that moment, you know, before the match where it's like, I this this is all this is me, this is worth it. Me being in the ultimate X match for the title, being pushed when a year ago I was even on the on the whole scene.
2: I think it'll be after the match is done. And I can review the body of work. Uh, And I'm glad you actually recognize that because I've never been anyone's pet project. And I'm not saying these guys that got pushed don't deserve to be pushed because everyone in this match is extremely talented. Uh, not, Not one of these guys doesn't deserve what they have gotten. But I feel like, yeah, you know, I deserved it too. But I ate a lot of crap there before probably more crap than any of these other guys have and they have too here and there but they've always been in a better position than I have been uh so it's really special for me because I grew up watching AJ Styles Saban all these guys doing these ultimate x matches and just being blown away now being a part of that it's history and it's huge and it's an honor but I don't think it'll hit me until we walk backstage and everything's said and done. And we view the body of work that we've created. And I know all of us are hungry and all of us want nothing but the best for this match. And, and, and that's something that I, I take pride in. And I love the fact that I'm in the ring with these guys, because I feel like we have kept the X division alive these past few years. And we continue. And then Josh gave it a shot in the arm. Like, I feel like I gave it a shot in the arm. I had a very good run and I had a very good, I had a very different run. And I thought I gave it some new life. And then you bring Josh, who I think is one of the best wrestlers in the world today in any promotion. He gave it a shot in the arm. And he carries it with I carried it like a piece of trash. You know what I mean? Like you couldn't wait to see me lose it. And then Josh carries it with prestige, if that makes any sense. So, and then Ace, he's been that guy. He's been the face of the X Division for such a long time. Trey, Chris, Chris wants to get it back. Petey, he's an OG. Uh, Trey's never held it, is it his time So you have all these factors You have all these stories So, But I do think after everything is said and done For me, that's when i will be like Man, I just made history And I'm glad to be a part of it So I, I'm hoping we put out Some great stuff And judging by our recent work
0: together I think we will Rohit Raju, ladies and gentlemen Once again, it will be Slammiversary It's going to be only on pay-per-view in once again july 17th nashville tennessee skyway studios gotta check it out main event of course is kenny omega versus sammy callahan uh Rohit, before i let you go where can fans check you out at where is a twitter page instagram the website where can fans hit you up at
2: well you can find me uh some merch on prowrestlingtees.com slash Rohit. of course you can go to shopimpact.com and get that suite Rohit Raju t-shirt. I do have a mocha skin animal design in the works. And of course, the heat. There's a few fans that really wanted that. And uh, I want to get that going. It's been a long time, so they requested that. So hopefully uh, that'll get out pretty soon. Of course, you can find me on Twitter at Hakeem Zane. Uh, If you look up Rohit Raju slash Hakeem Zane, you can find my Facebook page. And then most of my work that I'm on is on Instagram. And that's at Raju Zane 80. And of course, every Thursday night, the jaw jacking Thursday night impact. And his mother called him son because he shines like one mocha skin animal himself, ravishing Rohit Raju. You can find me on Impact Wrestling on Access TV or Twitch. But then, more than anything, you can find me July 17th, hanging from the rafters, Ultimate X Baby Slam anniversary, biggest
0: match ever, where I will become a two time X Division champion. Rohit Raju, ladies and gentlemen, once again, we are always pl- proud and pleasure to have him on the show. We come back, we're going to recap. It was a wild UFC 264. What's going to happen? Is Connor done? And what the hell? Why is people still doing shoeys? We're not sure. All this and more only on Last Call. Last Call with the alcohol only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. back, everyone, to his last call. Last call with the alcohol, only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. I want to thank my wonderful guests earlier. We heard from, of course, none other than Saeed Salma. He'll be fighting at Bell Bellator 262 against Ronnie Marks. I'm looking forward to that fight as it's uh, a heavyweight crossroads for both men in their second fight. Plus, Rohit Raju joined the show. And, well, I'm looking forward to you know, Everybody talks about it's Omega Callahan's main event. But the X-Division match is always the show stealer. That's always the one you talk about. And he'll be in that along with Ace Austin, Chris Bay, Petey Williams, Trey Miguel, and, of course, the champion, Josh Alexander. We're going to take our attention vote this past weekend. It was UFC 264. There were some shoebies, There were some knockouts. There was a South African who came out of nowhere. Kid from Massachusetts basically... Uh, Took everything, have a kitchen sink, and nearly gave a cha- champ some fits. And Oh, yeah, by the way, Dustin Porter beat Connor McGregor. I don't know what's going on. I mean, you you try to pinpoint where it all went wrong for Connor. You know, like, there were, t- you know, with Ronda Rousey, you kind of saw it was going to happen. Her stand up was never great. Uh, the coach hadn't, you know, Hadn't done any, you know, had never won with any fighter besides her. Uh, when, uh, you know, Daniel Cormier lost. You could tell, okay, you know, he's finally taking on a guy who matches up bad with him. With Conor, it was almost like you, you look back at that period in between the Mayweather fight and the Habib fight that it really went bad for him. And when I mean bad, I mean, I think that's when he stopped becoming the guy he was. And the guy he was was a ferocious kickboxer, boxer who you know had pretty good takedown defense. He was excellent at leg kicks, he was excellent at distancing, using his jab, using his reach. And I think he lost after the Mayweather fight. I don't know when you look back, I sort of get it. I mean look, that fight with Mayweather, that was the big money fight. And I remember a very famous, famous writer, Bert Sugar, once told me. You know, it's hard get you know being a killer when you're sleeping in silk sheets. You know, it's it's difficult for Connor when he after they made that money because then all of a sudden he's going, yeah. he wants to do you know the super fights, he wants to do all this stuff, and I think he stopped being that kind of fighter. And when he lost to Habib, I think that really broke his confidence. Because it was like, okay, this wasn't the guy who came in who was much bigger than you. This wasn't the guy who, you know, you're in his sport doing that. This was his... He looked and went, okay, this is Chad, you know, Chad Mendez all over again. I can beat this. This is a guy who's an MMA fighter. I can beat him. And when he got just trucked by... By Nurmagomedov, I think that really set him down the road. And you saw the second fight. I mean, you I'm watching it here with Poirier, and and he threw a couple of kicks. I thought, okay, he's getting back to that. And then he didn't. He just stopped. And you could tell once he stopped that Poirier wasn't worried about, you know, the takedowns. He wasn't worried about defensive wrestling. He tried a guillotine. But he, you know, when both guys are dry, when the other guy is a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, that doesn't, you know... you're not going to get guys like that. you Especially when you're not at that level. And you saw Porria, He just calmly put one of the arms down. He's using the cage to get into side control. And he just started mauling Cronor. I mean, you know, elbows, ground and pound, beating him up. And when Croner finally gets to his feet, we see what happens. You know? He's trying to duck the big punches. He steps on his ankle. He, you know, the wrong way, he breaks it, and he just got, it was an ass and then there's a the sad part, it's, it, I get, you know, he, he's still trying to pump himself up, but when you're talking crap to an opponent's wife, after you've just gotten your ass handed to you, after you've just gotten injured and you can no longer even compete anymore, you, it's time for you to, you know, just keep your mouth shut and just, you know, figure out a way, and, I don't know. I look at Conor McGregor. It's like, okay, where does he go from here? Because he's not matching up well with a lot of these guys. Like Isil Mah- Mahatchev is a bad matchup for him. I think a guy like even Charles Oliveira, a really bad matchup. Like anybody who has any grappling skills will give Conor McGregor fits. Uh, a lot of these strikers, you know, are pretty mobile and have some takedowns. They'll give him bad fits. And you wonder sort of where he goes from here. Where does he go? Because I don't think he's, he's he, he, you know, he says he wants the rematch. Okay, what's going to happen? I, I think it'll be the same thing. I think Dustin Poirier might even finish him within four minutes. And then what? This might be the Conor McGregor. And look, it was a great run. I think when he made the big money vote, that's when you knew he was done that's when you knew okay this is this is not gonna end well because when you look at all these guys who do great all these you know fighters who for years do everything they just find a way to keep the hunger they find a way to continue to evolve to continue to get you know just better to improve their skills and you never saw that with connor after that fight i get it look he had done what was almost most people in MMA thought was impossible. He made more money than, but he could you know spend, and retire his career with. But that comes well, with a price, and for this price it was well I, don't want to get you know I don't want to work as hard anymore. No, I really don't want to train as much. No, I don't want to be in camp all the time. And so it's going to be interesting now because. UFC still wants to do Conor McGregor business. So that's not that, That's basically, you know, you can guarantee it. But they got to figure out who we're going to put him with. They got to figure out, you know, what happens if he loses his next fight. I think he's probably done. And now you got to figure out what to do with Dustin Poirier because look, he's he's the guy who slayed Conor McGregor, and you can bet he now wants big money. He's not going to settle for table scraps he's not going to settle for you know what most main event guys make of ufc he wants big money and now you know you can't blame him he is everything the ufc has wanted he is this good looking action-packed you know winner of a fighter who has a fantastic backstory is charitable heart of gold i mean if you're if you're if you're a promoter you build your promotion around Dustin Poirier because you can do that. He is becoming must-see TV. So he's gonna he's gonna want his worth. He's gonna want you know to have that big money. So we'll see what happens going forward. But I think UFC 264, when we look back, this will be the end of the Conor McGregor era. It was the beginning of the end. And look, it was a nice little run. But you know, as we say, eventually all good things must come to an end. But speaking of that, we gotta wrap it show up. So for my wonderful guest for. Rohit Raju for Said Salma. This is Chris Connor. I'm out of here. Stay tuned for more great action coming up only on Last Call. Last Call with the Alcohol on the Blue Wire Hustle Network.